Here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Give me one reason to stay here. Woo! <laughs> and I'll turn right back around. Oh! Ow! Ow! Okay. I don't know why I'm excited. I Maybe I do. Because I just realized that I can fucking do this. And what I mean by I can do this is that I can do the podcast, the blog post, and my one shitty page a day. I change it from two shitty pages a day to one shitty page a day because I found that two shitty pages right now is a little too long. It's like jumping the gun. You know, it's it's a little too much because I just started. But I'm still doing single space, 12 point font, Times New Roman. It's good. It's good stuff. And and I ended up writing a little more. But anyway, the point is, I can do all these things, I think, within two hours, I think. Perfect. If I wake up at 6 a.m., I'll give myself an hour buffer to eat breakfast, eat my five eggs, and uh, do some exercise, do my morning routine. And the next two hours are spent, one, writing the blog post first. No, no, no. It would be the shitty page a day. It start on the shitty page because that's where I can write anything. And from there, I can get an idea of what I'm going to write for the blog. And then I can write the blog. And then that leads straight into the podcast because I come on here and I read it. And I talk about shit, other stuff. And it's all done by 9 a.m., baby. It's all done by 9 a.m. All done right before everybody goes to work. And then I go to work. I go to work on my shit. Anyway, here's the blog post for today. It's titled Distractions. So here we go. Sleep is one of my top priorities, but recently it seems like it is getting in the way of me getting more things done. This is a quick analysis, quick analysis of day-to-day life of of day-to-day life of my day-to-day life, I should say. My apologies of my day-to-day life to try and find what makes me less productive. Then I have a picture of a bunch of clocks stacked all over each other. That look cool. I don't know. <laughs> I think I should change it. It's because I had a different title before. It was like a scheduling problem. That's what it was called. <sighs> so maybe I should change that picture. Eh, fuck it. Anyway, the blog continues. The book Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker makes it very clear that if you do not sleep seven or eight hours a night, you are doing your health a huge disservice. This is why I'm very adamant about getting at least seven hours of sleep a night. I think here's where my problem lies, because when I go to sleep late, I end up waking up later in the day. For example, comma, motherfucker. Don't forget those commas. For example, there are nights like last night when I go to sleep at 2 a.m. and wake up at around 11 a.m. But wait, I got nine hours of sleep and still woke up with a whole lot of time to get almost everything done. Why then am I still complaining about my productivity? Okay, now I see... 
now I see it as not my sleep time or the time I wake up. There is a discipline issue here as well, but that is something that I will deal with another day. If sleep isn't the issue, then it's probably what I do in between each task that is the problem. These intermediate activities, which are YouTube videos and online games of chess, are what have me up at 2 a.m. to finish editing a picture and recording the podcast, which are activities that I should have done throughout the day. My problem seems to be with distractions and finishing a task all at once. How can we get rid of distractions? I'm currently on day five of my no phone experiment, which had the purpose of limiting distractions. Although the first two days I did seem more productive, these last two days I have noticed that I actively look for things to be distract actively look for things to distract me. I am the one who is doing the, the sabotaging, not my technology. I would bet money that even if I got rid of all technology, I would still find something around me to distract me. I have no problem staying focused on my distracting activities. Why is that why is it that I do not look to be distracted from my distractions? YouTube videos and chess and chess games are online are my two current activities that I can stay focused on. These two things get me excited and I have fun the entire time I am doing them. I did notice, however, that when I repeatedly lose chess chess games, I stop playing chess because it is no longer enjoyable. The the solution I am coming to as I write this is that although my tasks are not are not huge by any stretch of the imagination, they are big enough to be addictive. They are big they are big enough not to be addictive. I think that if I separate each task into bite size into bite sizes, I can wake up I can make fuck motherfucker. I can't talk. I think that if I separate each task into bite sizes, I can make them more addictive. For example, I found myself dreading my morning body weight workout that I have intentionally taken from its original eight minute form and extended it to a more intense fifteen plus minute workout. I am violating the principle the principle of habit building here. I am violating a principle of habit building here by making tasks less enjoyable with their length. Another idea for increasing my productivity is using the reward system where each task is followed by a reward rewarding activity such as one game of chess. Conclusion. I am going to run a two-day test this weekend where I first make everything easier to do by cutting tasks up into small segments. As for how I will do this, I still do not know. Second, I will add rewards after my biggest priority tasks. I will come back to report my results here and then how I, and then I have like two little bullet points. How I split up tasks, rewards used. And that's it. That's today's short, nice, sweet. I liked it. Um, I used it as an exercise to f- actually figure this problem out because I was thinking, why the fuck am I not sh- getting shit done? I mean, it's, and I was blaming my sleep. I was like, I fucking sleep too much. No, no, no. You just have too many distractions. Everything you're trying to get done can easily get done in a, in a span of like four hours, three hours. Less is more. And and it's it's the thing is is it's not that much, but but to me they're very important tasks. I'm writing a lot. I'm writing a lot. It seems like I think on the outside you look at you can look at me and and it seems like I'm not doing anything, which is fine because I I think you don't understand. I mean you're not in my mind and you don't see the epiphanies that I'm having. What I'm doing by writing so much is that I am understanding myself better. It's weird. I write um. 
more, I write everything that comes to my mind, especially the, um, the things that I seem to be certain about. And, um, sometimes this leads to, sometimes I'm in a, some sort of mood and I'm judging someone, you know, when they tell me something and, and then I start writing about that, start writing, I'm judging this person. Why am I judging this person? Um, and that gave me insight on, on the fact that I'm still asleep in the sense of I'm still asleep in, I'm doing things habitually without knowing that they're habitual. And, 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 and that leads to a bigger prize. How am I getting in my way, in my own way of being like productive? Because maybe it's not, I don't think it's, I think I have, I, I do have the capacity to work. To, to create incredible work. I know that. I've done it. Um, the only thing is unlocking the recipe. The recipe that allows that allows me to, to just pump out amazing work. You know, valuable work that people will pay for. That, um, that actually brings something to them. You know, not just some bullshit that that I'm like uh I'm taking their money because because I I I fooled them with some marketing or advertising. No, something that is actually solving a problem or bringing some sort of value to their life. I know that I have the capacity to create that that sort of work. And that's what I'm trying what I'm trying to practice here. That's what I am practicing here by doing this writing. By coming on here every day and talking. I can get up to a thousand podcasts, I think. I think I can get up to a thousand podcasts and uh, still have nobody listening to this, which is fucking fine. But I know, I know that I am getting, I'm building these skills that I don't even, I don't even, I'm not even aware of, um, such as like speaking, speaking to a mic. Who knows when they'll come in handy. And I think the most important thing is that I'm doing things that um, kind of ex- they they excite me for some reason, for some odd reason, and I really don't have explanations for why writing a a page a day excites me. Maybe I am a writer. I don't know. Um, I don't know why I enjoy getting on the mic and talking. Maybe I am supposed to be, you know, uh, talking to people out there. Or maybe not. Or maybe maybe I'm supposed to be building companies. I don't I don't know. I don't know, but what I do know is that I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna fucking figure it out. And so this is what it's all about. Uh let's see what we got in the news today. Oh man. Actually all I care about right now is the UFC. Okay, wait, no, pause. Yesterday, I think I already talked about this, but I saw Trump. I watched Trump's uh the president's um, like a meeting <laughs> address to the nation. No, it wasn't an address to the nation. It's like where he gets into the meeting room um, where he just stands on the podium and he speaks to the reporters, but there's like five reporters cause it's Corona. Anyways, he's a fucking savage. He's a fucking savage. He's funny. I've actually, it's been four, four years. Yeah. It's been four years since he's been president and I never really like watched any, I, I realized that I haven't watched any of his like live events 
I've only watched clips which have been greatly affected by the media because they always come with some sort of headline like, oh, Trump says this or like, and, and it's always people like around me, especially because I'm in Austin, very liberal city where they're like, oh, Trump is terrible and shit, which, which is great. I mean, you have your opinion. Um, I'm not a Trump supporter, but I just, I, I don't know anything about the guy. Um, but watching him live, no fucking, with no, no input from anyone. Which is very interesting because he's fucking funny. <laughs> I, all I think about is House of Cards. And I think about how everyone in that room in politics is playing a game. And the way he plays the game, I find fascinating because it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to call you out. You're going to call me out. I'm going to call you in front of call you out in front of everyone. So a reporter asked a question that because some of the reporters are trying to get him right to say certain things. And it's so obvious. And that's when I'm like, oh, my God, this is House of Cards. And he's like, I don't know who said that. Do you know who said that? No, no. They were asking about a recommendation. Would you recommend this, Mr. President? And they'll be like, I don't know about recommending anything. Because he knows. <laughs> They're trying to get him. So he sidesteps. And then he, he sidesteps. And they miss, right? They miss with the shot. And then he shoots his own shot at the reporter. And he's like, um. Are you recommending this? I don't know. Are you recommending this? Woo! It's a fun time. And then my YouTube, my YouTube homepage or my YouTube, um, yeah, uh, like recommended list started recommending videos about Trump. And so there was this dinner. I started watching when he was running against Hillary. And there's a dinner. I think it's. I think it should be a famous dinner. Um, when Trump um uh, and uh, Clinton, Hillary Clinton. Are at the same dinner. And they go up and give speeches and they just roast each other. But Trump has no chill. <laughs> he calls her like like uh, crooked Hillary in front of her face. Oh, my God. I was just thinking about this. This is so savage. And I know I'm four years late into all this. But I just I never watched any of this and so it was fascinating to watch and and jesus it was actually quite i think i learned i learned some stuff about um politics like and manipulation i think <laughs> anyway i just wanted to talk about that ufc See what we got the UFC for Dana White and the UFC a hard lesson on the perspective and power structure uh Oh, man. Damn. So the UFC is owned by ESPN, and ESPN is owned by Disney. So Dana White was going hard. Dana White really wanted to make the fight happen. Um, At least, he said. No, it looked like he did. It looked like he was really trying to make the fight happen. He got the whole fucking island, at least he said. I don't know if he did. But Joe Rogan was pretty excited about it. And um, Joe Rogan had this podcast with Brendan Schwab, who is um, an ex-UFC fighter, current comedian, and Joe Rogan's best friend. Now, they were discussing about how excited they were about the UFC. Joe Rogan was still on the fence whether he was going to go to the fight island is what they were talking, calling it. Um, and uh, Joe, no, in the middle of the podcast, they get the news that it's off. It's completely off. Um. Why am I fucking telling you this? I forgot why I was telling you this. 
But anyway, the point is, uh, well, Joe was relieved. Joe was like, oh, well, that saves me some, uh, a lot of thinking. <laughs> but, um, but you know what's crazy? It's like the Disney shut it down. Disney's the one that shut it down is what they're saying. Like the higher ups in Disney and ESPN came down who own the UFC now. Or do they own the UFC? No, they don't own the UFC. They have a deal with the UFC. <sighs> okay, my bad. They have a deal with the UFC that ESPN like um, streams uh, the fights. Uh, but it's pretty crazy how they, they had the power to to like tell uh, Dana White to stop. That's pretty cool. Some more House of Cards shit. That's some more some more card some more House of Cards shit right there. They they had leverage. They're like Dana. We get you're excited about these fights, but um, they're not gonna happen. And it's not even their company, or is it? Today we got a call from the highest level you can go at Disney and the highest level of ESPN. UFC president Dana White told ESPN's Brett Okamoto in an interview Thursday. And the powers that that be there asked me to stand down and not to do this event next Saturday. Damn. Damn. You see, let's, let's find this out. Does, does, does Disney... Does... I know Disney owns ESPN, but does Disney own the UFC? The intervention from Disney, who own ESPN, shows the power that the company holds up over UFC. ESPN were due to televise. Now I'm pretty sure the U- that the UFC isn't owned by the by ESPN. Damn Disney, fucking Disney. Disney is so um, interesting to me. It's incredible. I'm currently listening to, haven't gotten that far into uh, the. Uh, Audible version, audible the audio, the audiobook of uh, the current CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, and just you know the company's like chase for perfection with everything that they do, and and I've heard I've heard not I haven't done a lot of research and I'd love to do more research on this, but I've heard how you know Disney is is very conscious about their brand, and. Everything they do, I think they do it for the brand because a lot of it revolves around little kids. And then, but but what's best about Disney? What I love about Disney is that they create these experiences. They create unforgettable experiences for a day. You get to go to their park, or you get to watch one of their movies, or you get to go one of their sh- to one of their shows, and you are taken away into a world, a, a, a world that they completely created. That's fucking awesome. People pay them for that. They made it all up, you know? Whoa. Oh, man. They're giving experiences. It's about experiences. Anyway, getting a little off the rails here. Bringing it back. What else we got? What else we got, Chin? News? What's in the news? Oh, it's currently 55 degrees in my apartment. It is insanely cold. Um, me and my roommate, like I said, are trying out this Wim Hof shit. My roommate is um, giving the order to stand down. He's saying we should stand down. We should fucking bring the temperature up. It's pretty fucking cold, especially at night. Um, but I told him we can't, man. 
you have to go at least a week. So it's currently 55. Well, we had it at 60, but I secretly put it down to 55 because, I mean, come on. Let's see what happens. Let's get in there. Speaking of cold, you ever been in um 50-degree water? That shit is fucking cold. So Austin has this uh, recovery lab is what they call it. And they have um, a cold plunge tub and a hot plunge tub. They're right next to each other. It's incredible. The, the cold plunge one is usually at 50 degrees. And um, 50-something. I don't know what it is. Oh, my God. You, you enter and immediately your entire body goes through like a, I don't know, your, your veins constricting. You can feel them and it hurts and everything's tingling. Holy fuck. And then you get out and everything's tingling and you go into um, into the heat. Oh, and it hurts a little. It doesn't hurt bad. It's kind of like a, dis- a discomfort. Oh, man. You go into like a, a hot tub that's like 100 degrees. I don't know, whatever, whatever a hot tub is at. But it's phenomenal for recovery. Incredible. I remember I, had, I did some kettlebell swings one day and I pulled the back muscle. I went there one time, did a, did like a, a session where I did one minute in cold, one minute in hot. Did that like three or four times, maybe five. By the time I left, no no muscle spasm. Incredible. Definitely going to have one of those in my house. One of those, I'm going to have a sauna, and I'm going to have what I haven't tried, the uh, sensory deprivation tank. I want to try it so bad. It'd be awesome for meditation. What the Wall Street Journal editorial board gets exactly right about Trump's problematic coronavirus briefings. Yeah, it's because Trump just goes up there. Oh, man, it's funny. He goes up there and, yep, I guess everyone's right. He says absolutely nothing. He's just like, everything's great. Everything's going great. We're doing a lot of things good, you know, better than, um, than we expected. Uh, like literally no no um no sources no facts <laughs> texas to ease coronavirus lockdown under executive order to restore livelihoods governor says holy shit no way what does that mean this affects me oh man the pizza reviews this guy i wonder where he's at Texas ease coronavirus. Let's see what's going on with Texas, baby. Republican governor. Motherfucker. Greg Abbott announced Friday afternoon that he planned to sign an executive order that would lift the coronavirus lockdown in a safe way. Quote, unquote, safe way. Uh, allowing businesses to reopen. The announcement is likely sharpen is likely sharpened debate in the United States over how long Americans should endure crippling economic restrictions to contain a pandemic that has claimed more more than 10,000 lives. Blah, 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 blah. Have it said that Texas, which would be the world's 11th largest economy if it were an independent country, Texas. That's crazy. We're the world's 11th largest economy? We will focus on protecting lives while restoring livelihoods, Abbott said. We can, yeah, I mean, what is he presenting? Um, COVID-19 test collection vials as he addressed, displays COVID-19 test collection vials as he addressed the media during a press conference held at 
Habit also announced updated. All right, he announced. So what's going to happen, man? Habit also promising testing for the coronavirus that causes the disease COVID-19 would be part of the plan. On Wednesday, the governor announced that Walgreens locations would soon offer a test that can be administered via the drive through window. No fucking way. And will result within 15 minutes. Abbott estimates that each Walgreens store would test as many as 3,000 people a day. Is that enough? That seems like a small number. Seems like a very small number. It's going to be a lot of days. The tests are developed by Abbott. Very tricky situation, huh? Very tricky situation. On one hand, yeah, we're getting fucked with the economy here. On the other hand, um, I, I think as soon as we reopen, as soon as people start getting together again, uh, infection rates are going to go up. But um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it is a sticky situation. Why am I talking about the fucking news? I don't know. All right, it's gone long enough. Thank you for joining. We'll see you tomorrow.